What's up, everybody? Welcome to Salah's Corner with the one and only Salah Muhammad. Now, we are back. If you haven't noticed, this intro is a little different because I re-recorded this intro after we did the initial episode. Um, This episode that you're going to hear was recorded several weeks ago, um, but the main topic is still relevant today. We're obviously, you'll hear us talking about some things like our work on the runoff elections. Um, That's not necessarily relevant to maybe when you're listening to it. However, the main topic is still very much appropriate. And we are getting right back into the swing of things. We took a little hiatus uh, while I did a little bit of work on the runoff elections in Georgia, but we will be back posting new episodes every two weeks. So sit back and enjoy the episode. that what a lot of folks and I see a lot of people post on like social media or talking about Muslims celebrating this and that holiday and like the older I've gotten the more I understand it's like me you know like my my Brie my wife and her kids like they grew up celebrating Christmas obviously I didn't but that doesn't necessarily mean that I gotta be like, nah, fuck your holiday or fuck what you want to do. You know, it's Mm -hmm. more about understanding the culture that comes out of that. I'm going out on a limb and saying this or on an assumption and saying this, but like largely black people that celebrate Christmas, it's no longer about the association with Christianity, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's become its own cultural space to just celebrate family and community and blackness and all of that. And so like the understanding it, starting to see that from that perspective, doing this community event that we're doing, which is really just like, I'm collecting donations for these toys and got my job to donate a little bit of money to give toys out to the community. So that's just one of the things that I'm working on that. And I finally bought my plane ticket for Georgia. Yes, come through. You know what I'm saying? I'm not do. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not finished. I'll be. Uh, no, you, I'm gonna pass it back to you because I, I, I'm done after this. I'll be flying down April first. I'll be doing a motorcade, motorcade, and like passing out literature on the second. We're gonna do a drive-in movie on the third, and then I'm leaving on the fourth. I'll be there. I'm not doing the canvassing anymore. Mm-hmm. I had some, well, not only because I had some issues with my car, and so. I can't be out running it because the way the way Georgia is set up, <laughs> you you need your car. You need a car. Yeah, yeah. I think initially they were limiting who was being renting a car, but I'm like, I'm renting my own car, so y'all ain't even gotta worry about reimbursing me on that. <laughs> I don't want to be anybody else's car. I don't know. What but you got. already know I'm there. Like, I'm there. I'm in there. Like swimwear. And they're like, who says that? Nobody says that. That's people not used. Saying. People used to definitely say that. I still just say it, even though it's whack. I say it because it's funny. That's, that's pretty whack. Anyway, that's all that's up with me. Yeah, just I got to go down to Georgia, wait for this to be over. Waiting for the fifth. I'm going to vote same day. It's safe enough for me to vote same day that the, with the location that I vote. My voting location is actually safer for same day voting than it is for early voting. So I'm going to do that. Why is that? Um, less people. Because <laughs> there ain't that many early voting locations and that lines are like two hours long. For Gwinnett, I don't know if they're doing it for this time. I, I can't remember. But for the presidential um, election, you can vote early um, in your county anywhere. 
for early mm-hmm. voting. Um, I don't know if they're doing it for the runoff, but then also in Georgia, people vote early. Like it's a thing. And I live outside of the perimeter. I live in the, I live in Gwinnett County. It's still a part of Metro Atlanta, but it's outside of the perimeter. So um, out in the counties and stuff, like people vote early, like same day voting is a thing, but like a lot of people vote early down here. So being able to do same day voting, that's not as crowded as a thing here, depending on where you live, obviously, because voter suppression. Well, let's move on. So I actually have a topic for this one for our politics meets pop culture segment. So. Which I don't even, I wouldn't even necessarily say this is like politics, but the Surgeon General apparently is urging LeBron James and other sports people to publicly take the vaccine Mm. for COVID. I feel very conflicted about this because Mm -hmm. I get it, right? You know, especially as a, a public health official, like your job is to make sure that you're sharing trusted information And it naturally makes sense where if someone is a trusted figure in the community, no matter their walk of life, using them as a vessel to convey a message. I get all of that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it just feels a little perverse, like using black people to like, To convince other black people to do something? No, not that. Because like only black people really going to listen to black people anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. But using that as a method of convincing us to do something about this public health crisis mm-hmm. instead of taking the time to invest in the communities to, to strengthen those relationships like from the get go. Yeah, because this ain't just about whether or not black people want to take the vaccine. This is a inherent trust passed down through generations on black people with not just healthcare, but also the combination of healthcare and now the government with it. Right. So yeah. like you need to be doing more than putting a celebrity in our face and saying, this guy gets it. Fuck out of here. Do more to provide like free COVID testing, right? Mm-hmm. Because we know that's been a struggle and we know that all the resources hasn't been poured into black communities. Do more with providing like free masks on a regular basis for our communities. There could have been a lot that you could have done building up to this moment so that when we got here, it didn't just look like the only time you cared was when you wanted to stick a celebrity in our face saying to take the yeah. vaccine. Also, I like, understand I understand why people don't want to take the vaccine because, yeah. like, I'm waiting until 2022. I've been telling everybody that. I understand where you're coming from, and I definitely agree with that. One thing we have to remember is we're dealing with the government, so that part. And not only are we dealing with the government who had, who have a reason to... Com- completely distrust especially black people but we're dealing with the trump administration too it's like twofold of that shit right and so you could only expect so much from these people they only want to give people six hundred dollars for fucking covid relief i understand that frustration i understand why they're doing it but i know i i definitely understand what you mean they definitely need to put more resources into education as opposed to just using black celebrities as a, a as the face of something but uh, I, I get why they're doing it but they, it's definitely uh, oh, yeah. a, it's definitely a lazy way of of going about it it's no you know it's no effort like i said it would be one thing if there was some effort before all of this mm-hmm. right 
there's been none of that, right? We know that Black people suffer worse from COVID, not because we are just, you know, inherently more susceptible to the virus or anything like that, but it's because our healthcare systems are were shit beforehand. Yeah. So like, where were you when the pandemic first kicked up? You know, even if you forget, not necessarily forget, but like, even if you take aside all of the past transgressions of healthcare systems and of our government on Black healthcare, like from the start of the virus to today, what have you done for Black communities? Right. I mean, it's been but- nonprofits that's been like, for instance, there's the Black Doctors Consortium in Philadelphia, right? That wasn't any of these hospitals doing that wasn't UPenn, you know, that UPenn wasn't yes. like Yes, right. You know, the hospital like, definitely could have been doing more. But I think it goes to the a part of that is because of the way the entire rollout from this administration took place. It was set up to fail from the beginning. I agree. I think there is a lot of criticism on the Trump administration, but like the Trump administration is scapegoats in a lot of ways for yeah. for some no, other I, folks. I agree. And like, I agree with that. Our mayor could have done more, right? Mm-hmm. Our our governor could have and should have done more. Just saying that this plagues black people more than any other ethnicity isn't doing anything. Right. What have you actually done to address this? I know some politicians that have done a lot of stuff since COVID kicked off for black communities on healthcare. And I think that they are more likely to be seen as trusted messengers because they've been out there making sure that people get tested, that they have resources, that they're fed through all of this. Mm-hmm. And all of this ties to each other, right? All of that ties to this relief package that just got passed, to available testing throughout the pandemic, and now having a celebrity get a test on TV. And it's like, oh, you should get it now. Where was the food during this whole pandemic? There's a there's like this meme on social media that like shows all of the funding that other countries got. Mm-hmm. And it's like ridiculous compared to ours. Yeah. Um, you know, we got this two is checks. Why voting matters. Not yeah. just and not just federal and presidential elections, like not just for Congress, not just for Senate, voting your state legislatures. This is where a lot of the meat and potatoes of your day to day lives happen. We got to pay attention to that stuff. And also remember that when it really came down to basketball players talking out about shit, it was shut up and dribble. Uh, that part. But but now let me prop you up and get you this virus because we need your we need your platform. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's my, that's my complicated feelings around that. I understand that. Comp- I understand that. Let's talk about local shit. What's what's happening in, in um, Georgia right now? Georgia's state legislature, the Senate, is trying to do some stuff with law enforcement, criminal justice reform. They mm. trying. <laughs> that's that's about the that's most. the extent. Yeah, mm. <laughs> like it's it's stemming from a lot of you know the, of the summer what happened here with Amal Albury and just all of the nonsense. What you watching? No. <laughs> I'm not watching. Like watching other TV. No, y'all. She recording with me, and she watching something else. (laughs) I'm not watching anything. I was looking at something on my um, the article that I was reading, and it's like it's just acting stupid. Georgia has you know it's a um a super majority for our legislature, so super majority for for uh, Republicans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So is it really that George Dems are trying to do this? It's a couple of Republicans that are attempting, that are saying they want to be a part of I mean, but saying you want criminal justice reform and the actual like meat and potatoes of it is a completely, di- are two completely different things. There are a couple of Republican senators, senators that I've read that are attempting to do things, but we'll see. Over the summer, I had a, a several, I think I had three in total conversations around defund the police. So the first conversation was with, I don't even remember the order, but one of them was with Marquise, uh, who you met, who's a school teacher, hip hop education, you know, activist out in Reading. But I believe he's back, he lives in Philly now. I think he's in Philly. Um, the second one was with Shy, Shy Williams who is a former detective, is in the army, has her own nonprofit organization, also sits on a board of mine. And the third was with an activist for the Philadelphia Student Union. And so I think that might be a conversation worth circling back to on like defunding the police. Because I've been listening to some podcasts lately about the messaging versus the practicality of it, which is just like really, really stupid and annoying. It's it's the Um, most annoying thing. The most annoying conversation I've heard. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, it might be a conversation we're circling back to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about what up with you? What's going on in Philly? We had our stay home orders that came back down in November through January 2nd. But then Philly looks like they're extending it to January 15th mm. because, you know, Philly can't get right. Georgia can't get right <laughs> um, either, but, you know. Yeah, I, I Georgia wild. I heard that's what that's what everybody told me. They was like, "Oh, Georgia wide open down there." So it's been wide open. Yeah, we were only but, we only had our lockdown order was only in place for like a week and a half. It wasn't even the full two weeks. Mm. Yeah, ours ours got extended through January fifteenth. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I, honestly, at this point, there's just feels like it's it's so. I mean, honestly, if there was somebody. I, I imagine if this was a company and somebody was managing this process, they would have been fired by now. Oh, yeah. Because oh, like yeah. you just keep like not just from the city or state level, but on a country as well. Like, oh, yeah. Your mayor, your governor, your president is here. all fired. They'd have been out of here. Because like our approach has is not nuanced enough everywhere. And I don't mean just like in one particular, I don't mean if you're a Republican or a Democrat, everywhere in all of America, mm-hmm. the approach of responding to the, the virus is not nuanced enough. It's just stay at home for two weeks and then we'll, we'll see in another two weeks and then we'll, maybe we'll extend it. Maybe we won't, we won't figure out how to pay people. Maybe pay for your will. own test that we you won't can't write out on your taxes. Yeah. yeah. That costs up, make, upwards of $400. We won't make tests widely available. In some places we will. It'll pop up here and there. It's not even consistent where you can get tests for free or not. School, we'll figure that out as we go. Your ass would have been fired. I know oh, yeah. I would have been fired mm-hmm. if, it was a, if this was a like a real job. But yeah, but that's what's going on in Philly. I digress. So hopefully we'll be, I'll be in Georgia. But let's take a quick break. I'll be back and we'll go over the main topic. Here at Salah's Corner, I am always looking to connect with new people, hear new perspectives, and share new stories. And right now, I want to hear from you. Email me at realtalk at salahscorner.com and we can get your story featured on our next episode.
All right, welcome back. So this week's episode, of course, everyone can see in the show headline is social media, the problem. Mm. I got to do my, um, my monologue. Mm-hmm. Because, Go ahead. We're uh, still, we're... This, this, this I don't is have, typically I have my, what imaginary, I do. my imaginary cup here. So when I'm you, you, when you have a, when you have an episode topic, you got, you got started with a monologue. I got you. I got you. <laughs> so I, I came across this topic and I created it specifically. I've been, this is a conversation I've been wanting to have for a while. If you go back to the episode history, I did an episode with the founders of eDay app, L and Lee. They founded an app that helped politicians connect directly with the voters that live in Philadelphia. Mm. In that conversation, you know, these are app developers, they know tech. And so we started to have a micro conversation around the prevalence of technology in our society. And so we've had a conversation around that a little bit. And so just recently, everybody has been catching on to this rave of Clubhouse. And Hulora is right. And it's so funny because I actually had a conversation earlier today with a pastor that I met. Actually, it's the pastor. I don't know if you did you watch the the, one of the town halls, the CNN town halls when Trump, I think, was in Philly and they did the little town hall thing. And one of the pastors was like giving him the business, basically. I heard about it, but I did not watch it. But I heard a pastor gave him the business. This was I, this was the person that I had this conversation with about Clubhouse. Okay. And so for those who don't know, Clubhouse is an app. It's invite only. If you are old enough to remember, it's kind of like chat rooms back in the day. Or I would actually say it's kind of like the party line, if party you remember that back is, in the day. It's exactly like the party line. It's a party but, line app. And it's... Um, just side note, is invite only right now because it's still in beta. So Correct. just so people is is in beta, so it's invite only and it's iPhone only because they're still beta testing it. So Correct. That's just just to give that context of why it's invite only. And part of the feel of it, because it is invite only, because it's in beta, it has this air of like exclusiveness to it. Mm-hmm. And so when you first join, when you first get the invite, you can find yourself in rooms with Tiffany Haddish. Lupe Fiasco, Kevin Hart, Joe Budden, Meek Mill. I avoided you know, all of those rooms. I unfortunately found myself in those rooms by accident sometimes, not realizing because I didn't even realize that was Lupe in the room. Yeah, the first room like, I was in, you you told me that that was Lupe in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that one was by accident. The second time I was in a room with celebrities, it was purposeful, um, but I exited very quickly. Because it started to toxic. It started to go downhill. Yeah. Yeah. And so the idea behind this app is if you remember the party line, it this is an app. You download the app, you join, you make a profile that everybody can see, but there's no messaging, there's no texting, there's no pictures. It's all voice. So you go into a room and you can hear other people talking about conversations. You can raise your hand to be added to the stage of folks that want to speak and share out, or you can stay in the audience and just listen in. The concept, I think, is cool. It's okay. It's a great idea for folks that want to connect, network, especially in the space of COVID, because we don't have the same capacity to network as as we used to. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, 
is that everybody has a megaphone and nobody wants to listen. Mm. And so I probably was on the app for like a week and I was just like, what the hell is this? This is just nonsense, toxic mm-hmm. noise. Like everybody at these rooms, everybody starts these rooms, whether they're experts or not, that's neither here nor there. But everybody has something to say. Whoever's moderating is not moderating well. And the folks that are joining the room just want to say their piece and not really willing to hear or be objective or listen uh, and have a conversation with somebody that's on the other end. And so I found that to be one of the reasons why I hate social media, which brings us full circle to this moment, right? And so I've thought about this a lot and I'll open it back up to you, Farah, because like I hate social media. But I think one of the problems is a lot of people give like Instagram flack for how they do their algorithm, right? A lot of people, and like I'm one of those people, I'm I'm fully on board with shaming Instagram for their shitty algorithm that shows you ads every four posts. Like that's literally their algorithm is to show you an ad I mean, every four posts. basically changed the app to just be a a marketplace. Like It's a, it's a marketplace it's only. A marketplace. They show you- they don't show you relevant posts for people you follow. They just show you what's the most popular post. And obviously they're owned by Facebook. So Facebook gets shitted on for the the hidden groups and hate groups and promoting misinformation and all of that kind of stuff. The same with Twitter, although Twitter is slightly better than Facebook. Just a um, smidge. But like, you know, even my job, you know, full full transparency, like my job, we've run campaigns against both of them, all of those tech companies on how they support like white supremacist groups on social media and online and things like that, which doesn't seem like a thing because obviously we are in those groups. But I think back to, I think it was a year or two ago, the Philly cops who, you know, 400 cops in a private group on retire and current police officers talking shit about black people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and only a handful of them got fired. But is it really the problem though? Like is I think they are part of the problem, but I think that is prevalent to a bigger problem just within our society. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna pass it to you. What's your take on the problems with social media out of this that are being shown, I think, in a different light with this new app Clubhouse? Full disclosure, he invited me to Clubhouse. So I invited me. So I was on there. For one, I was on there for nonstop for like a week and a half. I was addicted to it. When I say I was, I literally was like, this is addictive. You're constantly mm-hmm. checking your clubhouse. They they make it difficult to really find certain things. Like if you, you can join a particular club, but you can't like tailor your notifications to get specific club notifications. Like you just get random shit sent to your phone. So it's like. You're inundated with notifications. I had to turn that shit off after a certain point because I would find myself constantly, oh, what's going on now? Like, what room is popping now? And so I Mm -hmm. I had to let that go. I've networked with a lot of great people on there. I found some good political um, allies on there, people that I connected with outside of it on Twitter and, you know, doing certain things. But it's definitely an, an addiction. Clubhouse definitely can be an addiction. The algorithm on that shit fucking sucks. The algorithm is terrible. Black people are definitely sequestered to a certain area of Clubhouse that it, that has and has been brought to the creator's attention. 
and but who knows if they're doing anything about it i don't think they are because but i haven't been on clubhouse for like a couple of weeks because i just can't it lost its shiny bits because of all of the nonsense that get that you can find yourself in in clubhouse by accident you know what i'm saying there is a um a black owned version type of clubhouse app called the cookout that's being created Mm. do i think that'll be any better not necessarily (laughs) because it's going to be the still the same people right and it's still social media at the end of the day i think social media is a problem because society makes it a problem but society has this problem because of social media so it's like this it's the the snake that eats its own tail right Mm. so that's that's what i think i think especially with the society that we live in we're in such a an instant gratification type of space right now and because people don't have access to people so readily an app like that is like prime space for shenanigans and it's a space where people are letting out their frustrations. Like a lot of people are going, it's, th- now don't get me wrong. I'm we're, we're talking about Clubhouse, but I think it's social media in general, but Clubhouse has a lot of good things about it, especially the way you can network with people. Like I was in a room with a Republican, uh, a black Republican, a commentator that I watch on TV. I'm not going to put him out there like that, but I was sure, Michael with- Singleton. <laughs> we all know who he is. I mean, but that- <laughs> that, but so what? Like, I'm 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 not trying to be like. <laughs> but yeah, I was in the room with him. But like, he'll see me in the room. He'd be like, "Hey, what's up, Farah?" So you can connect with people, and he, you know, you yeah. can have meaningful conversations with people. But there's a lot of bullshit on that app. There's a lot of white supremacists on that app that be in jumping and hopping in rooms, talking shit and causing stirring up shit. It's a but it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot on that app so it has its good and its good and its bad things but it's the snake that eats its own tail thing to me I think the two of them society and social media and the problems within each of them thrive off of each other because of those problems yeah I agree well one let me say I don't think there's anything wrong I don't think you were name dropping or I wasn't necessarily name I know I'm dropping. just messing with you. <laughs> Because, like, anyway, I'm not even going to say anything about that. But I think that... um, Because he listens to our podcast all the time. Yeah, right. Because, like, (laughs) me and him is, like, super cool. But, like, I think the the problem is... And I've thought about this for a lot. And anybody that knows me or has had lengthy conversations with me, particularly in person pre-COVID, has known that I shit on, like, technology companies as much as I can. (laughs) I shit on Amazon, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anybody who I talk to about like my platforms that I've been doing, all of that stuff that knows how much I hate Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like I actually hate engaging on Instagram because none of it is genuine. But I look at it as we are ignoring our problems of society. And keep trying to throw technology at different things as fixes. Mm -hmm. I agree. When we're not ready for it, you know, and I look at it very akin to like nuclear weapons. Like Mm -hmm. we weren't ready to drop an atomic bomb, yet we put some fucking scientists in the lab to figure out how to blow some shit up 
on a scale where like now we're threatening our very existence. And I think this is the similar, but in a different way that the threat isn't so direct anymore. Mm -hmm. The threat is an indirect threat on like our societal norms because we haven't figured out how to address systemic racism, particularly in American society. We haven't figured out how to address like bigotry and sexism and homophobia Mm -hmm. and religious bigotry, like all of those things. We haven't figured out how to address them, not on a societal level and also not on a governmental level. And because of that, that, I was going to say that, yeah. Yeah. And we just keep inventing these new forms of technology. And then like we think throwing an algorithm in front of it is going to like the clear determining factors, people make algorithms. It's on top of the fact that we have a legislature that whose average age is like 70. Like they're old people who don't understand new technology making the laws. We also have young people or younger people, even if they're not necessarily like millennials, we have younger people who are creating the technology that are ignoring the the unsolved problems Mm -hmm. from the older generation you look at the generation of like your mark zuckerbergs right he's ignoring the social problems of white supremacy is a real thing if you create a home for it online they will find a place to thrive there so don't create a home for it but also Mm -hmm. i give you shit for creating a home for it but I also go back to a societal question of stop propping up these technological companies until we've addressed these norms. Because like the real problem is, is are we actually ready for social media? But then that goes media back, platforms? but that leads to the conversation of capitalism. We're not there yet. But that's, that's on another. That's on another episode. But that's but that is a part of the conversation, <laughs> though, right? Like that would be the next episode that we have to talk about because that is the biggest part of why these social media companies are so large is because of capitalism and them wanting to prop their bottom lines. I I agree. I agree. And that maybe, maybe that's next week's episode. We're going to have to, we're going to have to expound upon that, bringing it back before we even get there. Right. So like we live in a society where we know that from a technological perspective or a social media perspective, Facebook is ruling the internet. Mm Mm-hmm. But we also know that I'm not even going to get into the whole Amazon thing because that's just a bag of worms I don't feel like touching right now. Amazon is in the Yeah, I'm I'm trying. I've been actually, you know, it's been a struggle. (laughs) I've been actually trying to strategically navigate away from saying Amazon in this whole technology and social media landscape. Um, Why? Because it's it's a, it's when I start talking about it, you ever see the guy on the you know you ever see the meme about like the guy who's at the board that's connecting all the conspiracy theory dots yeah. <laughs> that i feel like that whenever i talk about amazon and so like i don't want to i don't want oh yeah because they're in everything that. they are they are and i'm like i'm anyway see you you, you tried to <laughs> you tried to suck me in nice try there i'm on to your game no, I mean, but no, I agree. I, I I definitely agree, especially with their commercials that they have out. I was just about how they're to say in that. every fucking industry and nothing can exist without Amazon. Yeah. So 
so I think it's I think it's important for me to kind of like stop and and give a little context to the I, I think we're saying it in a way that makes sense for folks that are in it and follow it, but I want to break it down to a more basic level mm-hmm. for people. And not saying that somebody isn't that understanding it, understand. but like yeah, but yeah. for the folks who don't follow it religiously and regularly, right. that like the problem with the with the social media companies that have existed and some of the campaigns that we've even run against like Facebook is that when you create an online platform that allows people to create private groups like what Facebook has had, mm-hmm. what now Clubhouse has, and right. now Clubhouse is seeing this problem, is you create a home for hate speech. Hate. Hate. All kinds of hate. All kinds of hate. And the problem is, is we keep doing this. We keep repeating this with these new technology companies over and over and over again. And one of the biggest things that came out and why so many people are dedicating so much attention to a lot of this stuff now is there's a few years ago, there was this huge genocide that Facebook ended up getting a lot of the blame for because they propped up these messages and didn't flag them as hate speech, mm-hmm. didn't flag them as it was a genocide in Myanmar. Um, they didn't flag them appropriately, mm-hmm. you know, and because of that, it looks like news. It looks like when it's shared by a, a key or important figure or a staple in the community, it looks like it's trustworthy. And so all of that ultimately led to this huge genocide in Myanmar, which is fucking crazy. But that's lessons that we still haven't learned because now we're doing the same thing all over again with Clubhouse, Mm -hmm. right? And we're creating the space for these people to gather and spread unchecked information. I was about to say no fact-checking whatsoever. No fact-check, no fact-checking. But also what ends up happening is it becomes an echo chamber. And you get into a room, when you get into a room with people that just agree with you, the only thing that ends up happening is, is it drives you further and further down and more radical into your own ideas. Mm -hmm. And because not just because the algorithm of Clubhouse promotes you only seeing the people who you follow or the types of rooms you join, which means you're only seeing people who already agree with you, you're also faced with the societal problem of the hate that, again, society hasn't dealt with or our government hasn't dealt with. And like all of these problems compounded upon each other just provides an atmosphere of toxicity on social media and technology companies that is just pervasive. And I go back to, is social media the problem? I'm leaning in the direction of saying like, it's not. Like the problem is we keep using social media, like we keep building these platforms as community hubs of staying connected and networking with other people, but like, we're not even that accepting of other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how are we, why are we even creating platforms to do something that we're not even accepting to do? And like, capitalism. in my opinion, yeah, we create it for capitalism, but we join it and promote it because we are also looking for that, but also aren't really, you know what I mean? We're not willing to accept that, right? Like, so people join, people join clubhouse and facebook they join facebook groups not because not necessarily because of capitalism like a lot of people join facebook groups for shared interest 
and for shared ideas, uh, but that doesn't necessarily promote progress. All the, most of the time, it doesn't actually. It, it mm-hmm. promotes you kind of just again being more radicalized in your own ideas because you're not being exposed to something different. And it's mm-hmm. like we haven't learned that lesson yet, and we just keep propping up more social media companies. I agree with you. I definitely agree that I understand where you're coming from by saying you don't think social media is the problem that is people. But that's why I think that is both because you can do amazing things on social media that have that where you don't have these problems, right? It's this definitely the spaces that the people create, but the fact that it, people are able to create it in this space is a problem within itself. But I think that's what you were saying. But that's why I say it's both of them still. Because you can create these amazing platforms to do great things, but also still hold yourself accountable to not promote and foster and house, excuse me, and house hate speech or extremist groups or going down that, that rabbit hole of the echo chamber. So that's why I think is, I think that it's kind of both because the way these things are created for people to connect, right. And community and to network with people is created so that people continue to come back to it to increase their bottom line. So capitalism is our next episode is what you're saying. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, (laughs) I think what I'm saying is, or I think what the conclusion that I'm coming to is that I know, I'm not saying social media is not the problem. I think it is a big problem in our society, in our world. You just don't think it's the main problem. I think the primary problem is people. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) To to say it lightly, right? I agree. Um, And I think that until we are willing to overcome some of like our past transgressions and our particularly in us society, mm-hmm. like we're just waiting for the next technology company to come along and, 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 and do the, the same thing over and over again. There's this, there's fix this the problem air quote. Yeah. Quote unquote. There's this really good book that I read. It's called the attention merchants and it is a, super wonky book so if unless you're like wonky like i am like like policy heads, wonk heads up. no just like so the the author is tim Wu, and it's this book that chronicles the attention seeking business throughout the american experiment so mm-hmm. dating all the way back to newspapers mm-hmm. right throughout the american revolution and through all of that era and the attention merchants, the idea is that even a platform like this, not necessarily a platform like this, but let's say a larger podcast like the Joe Budden podcast, they aren't catering to the audience. The audience is the product. They're catering to the businesses that they're selling the ad space to. Mm. So they are just selling your attention. And that goes back to that model goes back to newspapers, like putting ads in the newspapers. You know, at some point it initially was to get out information, but at some point there was a turn and it became more about selling the ad space in the newspaper 
and less of, and you know, it, that way I can get it in front of more people so that like, cause the money doesn't come from selling 90 cent newspapers. The money comes from selling the ad space, the $150 two by two ad that I was able to put into the paper. Right. And then as you see that progress, the same thing happens with radio. The money comes in on who's sponsoring this by mm-hmm. selling the that the attention of viewership. The same thing with television, and now we're seeing the same thing with social media. Right, the profitability isn't on like what we just the app itself. The profitability is on how many people I can add to this app to resell their attention to a product. Mm-hmm. Long term, that's the only way Clubhouse can exist. We already know that's Facebook's model, that's Instagram, that's Twitter's model, that's Google's model. And that is whether you want to say it's perverse or not, that's just been the model of our society uh, for a long time. I think what is perverse now is because it's no longer regulated in a way that you know, we know what information you're selling. So for instance, I turn on the TV, I know the attention that I'm being sold is the time that I'm sitting here, right? Like in Facebook and all of these technology companies, it's no longer just like me spending time on the app. It's my name. It's my date of birth. It's where I live. It's how long my I've contact been on. List. It's what I've clicked on. It's what I've shopped with. It's what I've bought. There was a big uproar a few years ago this is in a different context, not necessarily social media companies, but technology. And this is a this is da- getting dangerously close to my Amazon rant. But uh, the Roombas, the mm-hmm. iRobot things that like mm-hmm. vacuum your floors and shit, they got into trouble because I don't know if I've told you this before, but or if I talked to you about this before. But they got in trouble because they they were as the robot vacuums your home. Right. Mapping your house. It maps your fucking house. Yeah. And they had data on like, well, we know how long you sit in your living room, how often you're in your kitchen, how often you're in your like you can you have a vacuum that does that enough. You understand the habits of the people that live in it. Being able to resell that information to another company. I've always I feel I've always felt weird about those Roombas. I don't I don't like those things. And they didn't end up doing this, to be clear. They didn't resell that information that they gather on Mm -hmm. their consumers, so they Mm -hmm. say. But the fact that the consumers didn't know that that information. Right. That that the fact that they're collecting. Right. That they could. The fact that you can do it is a problem. Right. And not that even that you can do it, that you wasn't clear about that through your consumers. right? Right. And so that is the continue. And, and all of this is done through. I think not just capitalism for the companies who are creating this technology and with the things like the Roomba, but like the social media stuff, but also through an avenue of convenience through American culture. Mm -hmm. I like convenience. I like things fast, quick and easy. But until we get over the necessity of making things so convenient that it becomes like a detriment to like our societal living because we haven't addressed some real systemic issues and problems. Right. And then when you want these changes, you're expecting them to happen immediately when that's not the, that's not how it works. But also you, I have a certain set of values 
and I assume just because I either I buy a product or I join a social media group or an app or whatever that they have those same values. And then I understand later that they've completely betrayed me and they're only self-serving, which obviously most people are like, that's the problem. So long-term people are the problem is what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that, I think the fix is delete your social media. (laughs) Yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> Can't do it. Maybe I won't say delete. I think the fix is holding them. I think the fix is holding them to account mm-hmm. while also holding like elected officials to account to regulate to, this. To regu- right. That's what I was going to say. Yes. Yeah. That's a big part of it because we have all of this technology, but we don't have the laws to keep up with it. And so we're stuck in these arcane spaces legally. When we've advanced so vastly, technological wise. I had someone, I heard explanation of what the internet used to be back in like late 80s, early 90s. Mm -hmm. When, you know, it was the land of minimal consumption. It was like the land of discovery. It was like you could go online and you could just roam and it was like a park or like a you know, nature or something. There's a fun website over there with some games and there's a fun encyclopedia website over here with like free information on it. And now it's like devolved the internet, all of the internet, social media companies, search engines, it's devolved into a casino floor with like pop-ups and like smoking and someone offering you something every five minutes. And yeah. Like you just watched this. Yeah. (laughs) So watch this now. Like, wait, wait. How did you know that? (laughs) I was on another app watching that. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of, like, oh my god, the the God, I hate searching stuff on Google because, like, I know it's going to pop up on my social media feed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's going to be on your Facebook the minute you Google it. Yep. Yeah. Ah, the conundrum of social media. I think our next conversation naturally will have to be. Capitalism. Capitalism. And I think it's going to have to include my my Amazon rant. It listen, it I need this, okay? I need this Amazon rant. So we are definitely talking about this next week. The hype has been built, y'all. All right, like feel <laughs> free. I wanna I'm gonna I'm gonna pose, I don't usually do this a lot, but I'm gonna pose this question. Which is the bigger problem in our society on how we engage online is it the social the pervasiveness of the social media companies or is it our own ignorance i want to know i'm curious what people Hmm. say i would like to know what people have to say about that as well all right we're gonna put we're gonna put that up feel free to email me dm me and maybe i'll do a little survey or whatever fair any last words just be aware be aware and don't be an asshole. <laughs> that's hard for a lot of people. I mean, that's hard for me. I'm an asshole. <laughs> Just don't be an asshole. I think for me, I would say no matter where you are, like in, in, in real life, but also when you join like the social media groups and and private rooms and things like that, whether it's Clubhouse, if it's the... If it's the cookout, this new black app that's coming out, I say listen first. 
The experiment of Clubhouse has shown that everybody wants to go on with a megaphone and nobody wants to listen. There's a lot of talking um, and no listening on that thing. People like so, to hear like, the, the sound of their own voice on that thing. Yeah. And as two people that's on a podcast are talking. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, but the funny thing is, is I, I purposely join a room on Clubhouse mm-hmm. whenever I do, which hasn't been for weeks but like i joined to hear first to hear the context oh, of the yeah. conversation oh yeah to hear opinions and things like that before i try to weigh in i'm and happy when i'm able to do that i'm happy when i'm able to go into a room and not automatically get pulled up onto the stage yeah like yeah. i enjoy just listening to the conversation because sometimes you can really catch some gems yeah and, and you don't I, necessarily think, have anything to say yeah and i well and i think that enough not enough people do that i think too many people have something to say which is okay, but I think it's a more so much more important to. to to listen first. Yeah. Um, Not listen just, to like, react. Yeah. Listen, listen to understand. Yeah. All right. So that is that. Let's take a break and we'll come back with some whack asses, y'all. Whack ass of the week. Whack ass of the week. Hey everybody, I know throughout this pandemic, everyone has been saying we're all in this together. Well, here at Salas Corner, I want to really hear from you and what you're enduring during this pandemic. Give us a call and leave us a voice memo and we'll play that on our next episode of Salas Corner. That number is 267-225-5891. Share with me your thoughts, your feelings, things that you're doing to survive during this pandemic and you'll get your memo featured on the next episode of Salas Corner. All right, welcome back. We got our whack ass of the week. Mm-mm-mm. It's always at least one. It's more than one, honestly. It's, no, I'm just saying at least there's always going to be. True. At least two whack asses of the week because we each have one. It's so always, there's always at least out there. two, but there are so many more. <laughs> These are facts. These are facts. I I really want to come up with a theme song for this segment. <laughs> Somebody hit me up, y'all. I'm willing to pay if somebody got a, a, a nice instrumental for this whack ass of the week segment. Hit me up, get some be, get some dollars. I, I I enjoy hearing a little bit of theme music, you know. <laughs> All right, Farrah, <laughs> who want you want to go first? You want me to go? I'm sure I'll go first. All right. So my whack ass of the week is actually a conservative watch, quote unquote, watchdog group called True the Vote. And they are, they're a Texas-based organization challenging Georgia voters. So they're challenging the eligibility of over 350,000 Georgia voters using um, inexact change of address information. And so they're trying to get their ballots tossed. This is very recent and like with this upcoming election recent so yeah and they're targeting specific counties um (laughs) so we know what that means (laughs) now and Gwinnett County is the most is the most diverse county in the state for Georgia and of course Gwinnett County is one of the counties that they're targeting so yeah of course Texas-based true the vote watchdog group targeting Georgia voters what man yeah conservatives i never mind that's that's a that's a rant that's, that's another a rant, rant for another day into it. <laughs> so what you got who's your whack ass my whack ass of the week 
is Democrats. Ooh, do House, tell. I, House Democrats. Anyone in particular? All of them. Most mm. of them. I'll say most of them. The party itself. And let me okay. tell you why. They are part of my language, but they are a bunch of bitches. Mm-hmm. Like... As we're talking about this and as folks are listening to this, this will probably be weeks later. But, you know, Trump has now come out saying that he is demanding changes in this new bill, yada, yada, yada. And it's just like, how many times do we have to watch Democrats say we demand X, Y, and Z just for Republicans to say, nah, we ain't, we ain't giving you that. Meet us where we are. And then Democrats go, we don't want to meet where you are. And we spend weeks and weeks of them going back and forth, ultimately with Democrats just going, all right, we'll meet you where you are. Mm -hmm. It's so ridiculous and stupid. The party just seems to not want to push forward in a progressive way, a party that claims to be progressive that actually supports the people that put them into office. Like it just, Mm -hmm. they seem to be more concerned with appearances and appealing to conservative Mm -hmm. uh, uh, people in in office. Right. And it's just like, you got a base that has been supporting you no matter what. And you just, you don't really go in for them. You don't. You take your representative, you you don't listen to them, you don't make them a part of the bargaining. And ultimately you we what what was the first check that we got? Twelve hundred dollars. How many months later is this? Now maybe we might be getting a check for six hundred dollars. Looks like Trump ain't going to sign this bill. So unless they got a veto proof majority, which I don't think they will, that y'all not getting y'all six six hundred dollar check until Biden getting in office. Like it's just stupid. It's just Stupid. And it's all because Democrats just keep cowering to the conservative movement Mm -hmm. time and time again. So my whack ass of the week, honestly, is House Democrats. Um, I think you got me on that one. Because like for real, for real, I would, if I were Biden, when he got into office, I would push a bill that got all of Americans, whether they were employed or unemployed, back COVID payments since this pandemic has started. That would go overwhelmingly with the public. I I mean, I, I don't think he would ever support something like that or propose he's, something like no, that. No, he's too conservative. Or any, or most other Democrats, I should say, not any, but most other Democrats that's in like our federal government. But like, it's that kind of bold stuff. Mm-hmm. That it actually addresses the needs, we like we talked about earlier, yeah. like all of these other countries that's been paying their people throughout the full, the entirety of this pandemic when we've only gotten one check and expired unemployment extension. If and you couldn't like, even get it. If you could get it and business loans that only went to like already rich corporations. Democrats, y'all be, y'all be trash. That's why a lot of y'all lost y'all seats. Um, it had nothing to do with defund the police. I mean, it had, it had whatsoever. It, it, all right. That might no. be another, we I'm going to mark that it down as an episode. No, no, no. We're going to, we gonna, I'm not going to get, into, I'm not going to respond. <laughs> I'm going to mark that down as an episode because that's a topic that I have been diving into lately with my consumption of news and things like that and data. And we're going to, we're going to have to, we're going to have to have that conversation. Mm. 
But that's my whack ass of the week. I got House Dems. What you got? Say it again for the True people. True the vote. True the vote. Texas watchdog group challenging Georgia voters. Vote for it in our IG stories, y'all. We want to know who y'all think is the whack ass of the week, the traveling trophy. Maybe, I, maybe you know what I should do? Maybe I should get somebody to like make a drawing of like a trophy for whack ass of the week. That would be weird. It would just be like an ass trophy. Maybe like an <laughs> maybe like an ass hat. I don't know something. I, I think the audio would be great because I think an audio of a wet the you know the whack ass theme song would be stellar. <laughs> all right, all right. Any uh any other additions? No, not yet. I'm all sure right, I'll have y'all. plenty for next week. There's always something. Don't forget, as always, rate and subscribe, share this platform. We are looking for guests. So if you are interested, if you got a topic you want to bring, don't just be like, I want to come on a podcast. I don't want to talk to you. I need you to bring something. Bring me some context. Bring I mean, me I might substance. talk to you, but it's okay. I don't want to talk to you and you ain't coming <laughs> on. So if you are interested in coming on, if you got a topic that's important to the community, doesn't have to be about politics, just about the community at large, particularly the black community, because we black in this job. Um, email me at realtalk at talazcorner.com. Farrah, um, what's your socials? Yeah, hit me on the socials, Farrah underscore Gamo on the Twitters and Instagrams. Uh, you can email me, farrah.alyssa at gmail.com. That's A L I Y S A A. Um, yeah. All right, y'all. Until next time. Bye. Peace, y'all.